You're listening to a podcast by the BCG Henderson Institute, BCG's Think Tank. In this series, hosted by fellow Dave Young, we'll interview business leaders and explore how companies can build competitive advantage by creating a sustainable world. Now on to our episode. Welcome to Building Competitive Advantage in a Sustainable World. At the BCG Henderson Institute, we've been examining forward-thinking companies use the race for greater sustainability to strengthen and fundamentally reshape the basis of competition in their industries. In this episode, we are going upstream in the manufacturing value chain to explore sustainability with one of the world's most innovative specialty alloys producers, Carpenter Technology Corporation. Founded in Pennsylvania in 1889 as the Carpenter Steel Company, is now a global leader in creating high-performance specialty alloys for use in critical applications in aerospace, defense, medical devices, transportation, energy, and industrial products. And I'm delighted to welcome Tony Tang, the President and Chief Executive Officer of Carpenter Technologies, to discuss how he is leading the company to find new competitive advantage as Carpenter and its customers race for sustainability. Well, thank you, David. I really appreciate you having me on today, and I'm proud to represent Carpenter Technology and all of our employees. As you stated in your intro, with over 130 years of specially alloyed product and process innovation, Carpenter Technology is a leader in each of the markets that you mentioned, aerospace and defense, medical, energy, transportation, and industrial. A point I really want to stress today is that we are a different company than most in the steel industry. We offer more than 500 different specialized alloys, including nickel, cobalt, titanium-based alloys, stainless steels, and soft magnetic materials to address specific customer needs. Our alloys have special properties like lightweight strength, heat resistance, and corrosion resistance that are required in never-fail critical components. For example, rotating parts in a jet engine or hip replacement implant. In many cases, we are the sole provider of these materials worldwide. Our product portfolio and innovative approach enables our customers to solve their greatest material challenges and meet their sustainability goals. This makes us a critical supplier to our customers, and we're proud of the partnerships we formed with them today, and I look forward to discussing those with you. Tony, it strikes me that many of the things that Carpenter is making are the very necessary inputs to our future sustainability objectives. The materials that help us lightweight, the materials that help us get higher efficiencies, the materials that allow us to actually engage in new technologies that we're developing now to actually deal with our sustainability challenges. So the things that you're producing are necessary for sustainability. But Tony, Carpenter Technology has other strong sustainability advantages already. Can you tell us what makes Carpenter Technology unique in a starting point for sustainability? As I mentioned earlier, we're different from most steel companies, and those differences have a meaningful impact on our sustainability position. And if I could expand just briefly first, our material solutions play an important role in the global sustainability efforts as they reduce CO2 to emissions by improving engine efficiency and reducing the vehicle weight. They eliminate the need for environmentally hazardous coatings and manufacturing processes. They reduce the amount of material required to manufacture, maintain, and repair critical parts. 
I mean, we are always developing that next wave of innovative products. For example, electric motors are set to transform the transportation industry. Our portfolio of unique soft magnetic materials and stack manufacturing capabilities enable more powerful and more efficient electric motors. Second, our manufacturing operations are more environmentally sustainable compared with many other global metal manufacturers. Our special alloys do not require the coating or iron ore operations that are found in carbon steels, which require carbon intensive inputs like coal. Our melting operations use low carbon electric arc furnaces and vacuum induction melting furnaces as opposed to blast furnaces. More than 70% of our material inputs are from reclaimed or recycled steel and alloys. And approximately 90% of our electricity is sourced from nuclear power, a carbon neutral source. Third, we are one of the safest industrial manufacturing companies in the United States. Safety is our primary core value and top priority. Our OSHA total recordable incident rate was 0.6 in our fiscal year 2021. That's 86% lower than the primary metal manufacturing industry and 80% lower than the all-industry average. Our efforts to keep our employees safe during COVID-19 pandemic have been recognized as best practice for manufacturing facilities. So when you take a look at all of those together, Dave, really we stand out from the others in the industry on how we already are at this point in our sustainability journey. Tony, I'd like to pick up on one thing you said about safety, because I know you have a long history in being involved with companies that put safety as a priority. And I've always wondered, does that attention and focus on safety translate into other disciplines and capacities in the operation? Is that attention to safety help in some ways have a more disciplined and process-oriented workforce? The toughest thing you can do in a manufacturing setting is have a zero injury workplace because it forces you to use every bit of your experience, your knowledge, your compassion, your vision to get to that point. And if you can do that, then we believe we can solve any other problem. If you can be zero injury, then you can be the most efficient manufacturing facility in the world. You can take care of your employees you can keep them engaged because what is more important than telling your employees that I want to make sure not only that you go home alive every night, that you go home in a better situation than you were before you came in for the work shift. Where do you see opportunities to build further differentiated competitive advantage from sustainability at Carpenter? You've talked about the material science standpoint. And you've talked about the customer applications, but can you say more about how you use sustainability focus to further differentiate Carpenter? In aerospace, for example, we have an alloy called Custom 465. It has up to a 50% higher strength versus commonly used stainless steels. That enables the design of lighter weight parts for improved fuel efficiency, a win-win across the sustainability landscape. Medical is becoming a bigger and bigger market for us. And interestingly, and a lot of people may not know this, the CDC has estimated that up to 20% of joint replacement patients suffer from nickel hypersensitivity, leaving them at risk for allergic reactions following surgical procedures. Well, 
we help to potentially reduce this risk through our low nickel alloys that's specifically designed for surgical implant. Our Biodor 108 alloy provides higher strength and exceptional durability while being essentially nickel and cobalt free, which is a big advantage compared to some of the other alternatives. I'd also at this point like to mention electrification because it's a growing area for us and our soft magnetic alloys are helping to advance the electrification of the transportation industry from cars and trucks to electrical vertical takeoff and landing vehicles. Again, one of our alloys, Hyperco 50, is used in power dense motors can reduce the size and weight of electrical motors and generators by up to 30%, increasing vehicle energy efficiency and helping our customers again to get to the point that they want to be in their sustainability journey. I also think it's important to notice that companies look to reduce the environmental impact of electric batteries, including the supply chain to make them. Our material solutions play a significant role in making that happen. Tony, it strikes me that application engineering then sort of plays a very critical role. I mean, it always has, but in some sense, now what you're really asking is for your engineering and technology folks to really understand in detail the sustainability challenges of the customers, along with the technical requirements that the customer is seeking to meet within the product in which your material is going. The whole sustainability footprint around your product becomes an additional source of attention in application engineering and perhaps even in innovation. Is that how you see it? Well, there's no doubt. I mean, for us, sustainability isn't something to do because it gets a lot of attention right now. For us, it's a key differentiator. It is a strategic driver to where we're going to go. It's going to enhance our bottom line, which enhances the future of all of our employees. So for us, this is a, something we've been doing for quite some time. I mean, all of our products roll right into this sustainability effort, lightweighting, corrosion resistance, as I've talked about before. So it's a very natural progression for us to continue this journey, again, not only to help us, but to enable our customers. That's really important, David, for us to enable our customers to meet their sustainability goals as well. That might be one of the most strategically advantageous areas for Cartier technology as we go forward. And if I can just take a step back and use one specific example, think about electric vehicles or the electrification across the industry, whether it be electrical vehicles or, or something else. As the industry moves, they're taking incremental steps. So the step that they're at today isn't the end game, right? There's that next level, maybe several layers more of where you really want to go from a true sustainability effort. And at Carpenter Technology, we're playing the long game. We're that product at the end, right? We're that product that says, here's where you eventually want to go. Now, there are less expensive alternatives than our product today. There are alternatives that are not as effective. That's the first step in the transition to electric vehicles. We're that company at the end says, when you're ready to take that final step to address areas like the EV batteries and the challenges with recycling those batteries, you want that battery to be as small as possible, to have a less of an impact on the environment in total, that is where our material comes in, that we allow you to do that and still get 
increased range, get increased torque. So we're sitting out there interacting with customers saying, we're your end game, right? You're going to go through many iterations, but we're your end game. When you're at the very end, if you need to be that fully sustainable model, we're the ones that have the products to do that. And I can cite examples across other industries, David, but the electric electrification area is the one that really stands out because we have the best product that it's very difficult to make. We've invested already that we now have the best assets in the world to make that efficiently uh, sustainable uh, going forward. So we're well positioned to partner with our customers to make that ultimate step in sustainability. Some listening to this would say, Look, Carpenter Technology is operating in essentially a hard-to-abate sector where for many players, you know, the significant economic and technical challenges make net zero and other sustainability ambitions hard to achieve while still running and maintaining the levels of profitability that, you know, your stakeholders and uh, share owners have been comfortable with. And of course, given you're at the front end of the value chain, you're also part of your customer's scope three. Tony, just as you, your customers are clearly looking at their supply base and asking questions about what is this supplier bringing to me for my sustainability journey? And what do I need to see from this supplier in the future? What else, in addition to a more sustainable product, can Carpenter bring to its customers that can be part of that sustainability story? Well, Dave, it's an important point because this is an area that's picking up a tremendous amount of speed over the last year, whereas our customers are coming back to us, to other suppliers, and asking us those questions. So as we've already discussed, not only do we have a very strong foundation on the products that we offer from a sustainability environmental standpoint, sustainability is bigger than that. And if you're a customer that's looking back to your supply chain, what are you looking for? And our point of view says you should be looking for a company that is truly sustainable. And what does that mean? It means do you place, number one, the safety of your employees, right? Is the number one priority that your employees are going to be safe? Is your number one priority to be a zero injury workplace? That spreads across the entire culture of the company to say not only am I the safest company, you want to do business with me because of the employees that we have, we produce never fail products. So that flows into our quality mindset, that flows into our continuous improvement mindset, that flows into our employee engagement mindset. You cannot be a zero injury workplace without a fully engaged workforce. And if you have a fully engaged workforce, what do you get from that supplier being carpenter technology? You get a high quality product, right? You get a company that is fully aligned and supports the diversity, the inclusion, the well-being of all of their people. So when you have someone that says, I'm the safest company in the industry, don't take that lightly because it brings so many other qualities with it that an engaged workforce does. I think it sets carpenter technology above and beyond other people. 
when customers are looking for that right supply to take them to the next level. So the interesting thing is not only do we supply unique products and solutions, ones that only a couple people in the world can make at the level that we make them, we bring with that an engaged workforce that allows you to build upon that with your sustainability journey as well. And that, to me, is significant differentiator for Carpenter Technology. What have been some of the biggest challenges, especially around managing the real trade-offs to improve sustainability of the business? We really are that essential part of the customer supply chain. And we're proud of that. We're proud of those partnerships that we formed as a critical solutions provider, particularly with regards to our customer sustainability goals, as I've mentioned before. And as you state, there's many companies out there that are facing some real investment challenges, including the steel and metal space. But as I mentioned already, we are different than most other companies in the metal industry. Our material solutions play an important role in those sustainability efforts, and our manufacturing operations are more environmentally sustainable compared to many other global metal manufacturers. So I don't see ourselves in a position where we have to make trade-offs. In fact, we see sustainability, as I said earlier, as a part of our future growth. We already see customers looking ahead to the future and understanding the role that company technology will play. Really for us, when you talk about those trade-offs or the challenges or the opportunity, it's for us to communicate with our customers and make sure they understand how we can support their sustainability efforts going forward. So Tony, one of the challenges, of course, is getting the asset base as sustainable as possible. You've been around a long time. I'm sure facilities have all sorts of different ages of assets in with different energy usages and emissions challenges and safety challenges around them. Do you wrestle with assets that are potentially stranded by their sustainability position? And if so, how do you manage those asset transitions? Is, is this a big challenge for Carpenter or is it actually pretty well underhand at this point? A really important point to make here is that none of our assets are likely to be stranded due to the transition to a more sustainable operations. Remember, as I stated earlier, we're starting from a very strong position. We're already one of the most environmentally sustainable metal manufacturing companies in the world due to the type of equipment that we use. As I stated earlier, our primary melting operations are electric. We don't use blast furnaces. That can be large CO2 emitters. Now, that being said, we're always looking for opportunities to make our operations more efficient, to reduce our environmental impact. For example, we're looking at ways to replace our boilers and some of our furnaces powered by natural gas with electric furnaces. Most of our electricity, about 90% comes from nuclear power, which as you know is carbon-free source. So, those transitions will reduce our scope one emissions over time. And that transition of equipment from natural gas to electric, I will say will be natural, right? It will be a natural progression as the equipment reaches the end of its life and we turn that over well within our CapEx forecasting, then we'll replace that. So, and I'd also like to say in addition, we're constantly looking at ways to improve our operations and reduce our footprint. For example, we use over 70% of the input into our process comes from recycled material. So, and that's another area that will continue to drive up. So we're in a very strong starting position based on what we've done in the past. And we see the opportunity to incrementally get better over time without totally repurposing or 
recapitalizing our, our business. It'll be a natural process for us well within our normal course of business. It strikes me that as everybody is trying to move quickly towards sustainability in the application segments that you're serving, that the fact that Carpenter doesn't have big transition projects before it means that you're better positioned to capture some of those faster growth markets than others would be that are actually having to face converting assets and being able to achieve those sustainability objectives. This should bode well for Carpenter from a strategy perspective, Tony. Something that we really kicked off when I became the CEO almost seven years ago was we're not going to be a product supplier anymore. We're going to be a solutions provider. So the first thing we do when we go to our customers is tell us what you're trying to solve. What problem are you trying to solve? Now, that could be a wide range of challenges. In many cases, it could be a sustainability challenge. So we come at that at the point that I'm a solutions provider. I help you solve your problems. And in the context of what we're talking about today, I can help you and I can be a major driver to you solving your solution, being a solution to your sustainability challenge, whether that be in light weighting, energy efficiency, corrosion resistance, on and on. But I think the change we made several years ago just positions us very well to have those discussions with our customers. And quite frankly, David, that's what we see. When you have a customer call you and say, help me solve this problem, that puts you in a very unique position. And not only are we proud of it, we don't take it for granted. Tony, the uh, time horizons to achieve some sustainability ambitions, take net zero as an example, often go beyond the normal tenure of a CEO. Could you share your thoughts on how the CEO and board can best engage in steering the company towards sustainability, recognizing some of these things are going to be longer term ambitions? Another great question, and I'm living it today as the push for more focus in the sustainability area, how important it is to have not just an active board, an informed board, but a passionate board, right, that wants to take you to another level. And if I could, I think it's a good time for me to pivot because there's such a strong alignment between myself, the management team, the employees, and the board. And it's all around the fact that six or seven years ago, we rewrote our core values. And that is how we run the company. We spent a big part of this morning talking about how we support our customers from an environmental impact, but also this whole gambit of the social responsibility, I think uh, is important too. When you take a look at Carpenter Technology as not just a company that is a positive to the overall environment, but as far as being the place that people want to come work, right? Want to spend their career at. And if you just take a step back, our number one value is we're going to be a zero injury workplace. That's our goal. We're already one of the safest, if not the safest in the U.S. That's not enough. Zero is our only goal, and we're not going to stop until we get to zero. And we believe it's possible. It's just not some glitzy goal that we put out there. We believe, fully believe it's possible. 
know, one of our values is transparency. We speak openly, we speak honestly with our employees and with our board, specifically around sustainability and other items. What are the challenges and how can we get there? One of our values is above the line accountability. You know, we require personal responsibility. We say, see it, own it, solve it, do it. That's where we're trying to get to. Also, we're a performance company. We excel at what we do, and we are not tolerant in not meeting our targets. From a performance standpoint, from a sustainability standpoint. We believe, you know, David, in professional confrontation. We speak up, we speak out, but once we've made that decision, whether it's inside the management team or with our board, we're going to move forward as one, and that's important, right? And it's also important in our sustainability efforts. We're all about collaboration. Another one of our really important values is dignity and respect. We value each person as an individual. We respect their aspirations, and we act honorably in our interactions with them. And, of course, integrity and ethics. We act responsibly, and we maintain the high ethical standards. I can say that Carpenter Technology, you know, we really strive to have a workplace that's fully engaged, that embraces our core values. We always say, you don't have to follow our core values, but you do if you want to work for Carpenter Technology. So you can be whatever you want to be, but if you want to be an employee of Carpenter Technology, you need to embrace and follow our core values. And what's most important, David, is that as I get to visit plants and go out on the shop floor, you'll hear our employees mention those eight values that I talk about. They'll mention them word for word. So that's really important. And, you know, I talked a little bit about dignity and respect. And, and I just want to make the comment, you know, we have an ultimate commitment to the diversity, inclusion, the belonging of everyone that works, current and future employees. We're active in our communities. We really believe that it, it is a, it's not a right for us to operate in these communities. It's a privilege. And because of that, we have a responsibility to play an active role in the community. So we provide financial support in those communities, not just through dollars, but through our employees volunteering in multiple activities. We support that volunteerism uh, in, in all of our employees. You mentioned this earlier, we're rooted in a culture of continuous improvement. So we're always trying to take that next step to be better, whatever that might be, including our sustainability efforts. I bring it back at the end to your main question. I think it was important that I mention that because, again, that's how our board has established themselves on the way they manage sustainability efforts going forward. That's the way they set up a process to review, to advise, and to challenge the management team in all matters concerning sustainability. And it's a healthy relationship, and it certainly serves us well with respect to sort of the management process itself around sort of your tracking and being able to know and steer the company's direction in sustainability. At your executive team level, how do you think about sort of, as you do with safety and other things, sort of the continuous review of and continuous improvement in your journey to different sustainability objectives? Well, like most companies, we have our monthly business reviews. We start every one of those with safety, of course. But now all of these targets, these projects, these plans that we've laid out in our sustainability journey, again, to build on an already strong platform 
That is a continuous review process. And just as importantly, it is written into our managers' priorities and their evaluation. Their annual performance reviews are based on their progress towards these targets. And we have standing topics at every board meeting whether those be safety or manufacturing, they also include all of our sustainability efforts. They have split oversight amongst the different committees inside the board. So it's a very active discussion. It's not a once a year. It's every time the management has a review meeting, we discuss it. Every time there's a board meeting, it is discussed. So the best way to say it, David, is that it's not a program for us. It's part of our culture, right? It's not something that we are doing because we think we'll get good PR for it. We're doing it because we think it's a strategic advantage for us. We think we do it because not only do we improve the communities that we in, we can improve the outcomes of our families that work for us. So for us, it's not a byline. It's, it's the way we do work every day. Yeah, Tony, the way you describe this is very much in line with a research that we've been doing that said those companies that really outperform both in shareholder returns as well as ESG outcomes tend to have this line between corporate purpose, vision, mission, values, and just the way work gets done. So that literally we talk about sustainability as integrated into the business. And it sounds like a carpenter, you've pretty much both through the combination of your history and the resources and the leadership and the objectives you set have been able to do that. And that connection between purpose and how it kind of plays out on the shop floor and how it plays into the communities and how it plays to the products within the customer tends to be just one natural stream for a business that really sort of brought that together in a good way. Tony, I can imagine though that one challenge today as everybody's looking at sustainability is getting the message out in a way that says we are different, particularly when you're in your kind of sector. Has that been a challenge? Is it difficult? And what have you found to be the most effective ways as a CEO to try to communicate about the seriousness with which Carpenter's taking sustainability? There's certainly the reports, but what do you do beyond that? Well, it's the challenge for Carpenter Technology, maybe many other companies. We are not a company that puts out a lot of press releases about all these things that we're going to do. We have a tendency of doing it first and then talking about it, as opposed to talking about something that we're going to do. We're more of a let's get it done. So we're not the best self-promoters, I would say, out there. And a lot of people don't know, really, several of the items that I just talked about today on this podcast. I think that will be new news to many people that did not know that. We published our first sustainability report last fall. We're going to do more and more work around that area. We're proud of what we've done in the past, and we're proud of what we're going to do in the future. And I think it's what's right for all of our employees to be able to tell the story. Because, listen, David, it's not me that's up there doing the sustainability work. It's the employees out on the shop floor. They're the ones that are doing this every day, and they're proud of what they do. So it's my job to make sure I get that message out in a way that's easy to digest, that's easy to track, that's easy then for whether what whoever the stakeholder is to make a decision on how they want to participate with Carpenter Technology. So that is the big area that we're spending a lot more time on right now is getting our story out there. And again, I appreciate the time you've given us this morning to help do that. 
Yeah. Tony Chang, thank you very much for sharing the story of Carpenter Technologies and what you mean to the future of sustainability, as well as a sustainable carpenter. Thank you so much. This podcast was part of our series on building advantage in a sustainable world. For more information on this and other topics, follow the BCG Henderson Institute's research online at bcghendersoninstitute.com and our podcast series on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.